When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. It's Thursday, October 21st, 2021. I'm Maggie Lake. And today with me is Tom Thornton of Hedge Fund Telemetry. Tom, it's great to see you again. And you haven't been on with us for a while. We were wondering and worried, but you've been slaving on the new website before we even start. Uh, bring us up to date. Is it live? What's going on? Um, yes, I, um, I've been busy. I, some people asked if I was banned from Real Vision. <laughs> Uh, I tried to make up some really, you know, salacious story, but no, I've been very busy uh, redoing a website um, and it's finally done and working, which is lovely. And it's been a really tough last week getting everybody, all the subscribers on and logged in. So happy it's over uh, and now we can build from it. So it's good. Happy to be back. Great. Great. Congratulations. It's it's not easy birthing, uh, birthing a website, uh, but we look forward to it. And I'm <laughs> sure everyone's like excited. Birth, yeah. <laughs> sort of like, <laughs> but it's Long tough. Hours, labor. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And you have to take care of it forever and ever now. So, um, but listen, let's, let's get a quick snapshot, bring everybody up to date because we just closed here for U.S. equity markets on some of the action today. A little bit mixed on U.S. equities. The Dow lower, S&P pretty much flat. The NASDAQ higher leading the way today. We saw a little bit of a breather in commodities, uh, concerns around China's economy slowing, stronger U.S. dollars crimping that market, and bond yields on the move higher again as traders now pricing in, I think it's two rate hikes by the end of 2022. But Tom, I think the, the most interesting action today was really in some of the individual names. And as you rightly point out in your daily note, it was a weird day. Yeah, really weird. We had, uh, you know, the Trumps back. Um, hitting the same day of the WeWork SPAC and just the massive amount of volume um, on the Trump SPAC and the, I think it was up 350%, uh, it was up 400% at one one moment, uh, just insane. And look, I, I will say this, I'm, I'm not a Trump supporter or, or any, I hate politics personally, but someone said to me, what if 10% of all those Trump supporters give him 10 bucks a month as a subscription for his new social media thing. That's, you know, that's a billion two uh, in revenue for him. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just insane, honestly. Um, and I think people are going to really tune in. I, I do. I yeah. think it's like um, if there well, was like a free tune in chase. initially, right? I mean, that's oh, the, yeah. you know, it's there's that be, sort sure. of the, the spec, the spectacle around this is almost irresistible. Yeah. It's it's like a freeway chase channel. You know, you yeah. you, you don't want to admit that you're watching it, but you want to see what happens at the end. And uh, it's just that's kind of how I see it. With yeah. the Trump channel. And I, I mean, just on the price action alone, though, you know, I mean, we've got and we've got the phenomena of, of you know, all of the outlets for trading. Now, when you see a move like that with anything, I mean, you know, any kind of IPO and especially a SPAC, I mean, 
is it imaginable that people will chase this higher or should they just buckle their seatbelts for volatility? I, well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this one. Um, <laughs> That's fair enough. Tom. You do that too. You, you want, you uh, want your but, website to stay up and running and not crash. Right. I mean, yeah, I, mean look, I, I have my own universe of what I trade and what I look at. And this definitely falls outside of that. Uh, I don't chase things that I'm not familiar with or I can't value. Uh, right. But yeah, this thing could go to 100. This thing could go to 200. I mean, we've seen all these crazy, wacky moves for the last year and a half. So why not? Why? Sure, it can. It yeah. could also does, does we right fit into that same that same category? I mean, this was a company that tried to IPO, had to pull it, had all sorts of fundamental issues. I mean, this is this is a sort of a branded entity we know. Uh, but it's also coming at a time when, you know, I, I mean, I, we, I was just talking today with someone who's traveling and it, you know, maybe 20% capacity, 30% capacity where they were going. I mean, people are not really back to work still. Um, is, is this a different beast than what we're seeing with, with the Trump spec? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you can actually value WeWork in some form, um, and I, I think I looked at it earlier today and it had a $9 billion valuation. And the last SoftBank um, raise that they did was around forty-seven billion, and you know they were just basically bidding it higher and hoping mm. that they could go do an IPO and cash out of it. But SoftBank's, you know, just taking a big hit on this. And here it is; it's out now. It's worth nine billion dollars. It'll be, you know, it can go up a little bit more. There's a lot of competition I see with WeWork now as well. Um, mm -hmm. In I live in Greenwich, Connecticut, and the uh, CEO of Saks uh, lives here yes. as well. And they just launched a thing called Saks Works, and it's yes. a very similar concept. And it's in an old Ralph Lauren building here. There's a restaurant you can go and pay a subscription and go sit down and do your work. I I, I just I, I'm not sure it's going to work in my town. Maybe. People in New York City will go to the Saks, you know, flagship and do it there. But um, there's a lot of competition, and you're right. People aren't going back to work. Um, I, I think I think that's something that's going to be very difficult to get people back in the office um, until really this COVID is super far in the rearview mirror, and it's not yeah. there yet. Yeah. So so you really need to you re you need to understand. Uh, future of work, you, you need to understand commercial real estate. You need to understand, you know, business travel. All of those issues, I think, if if you're going to take a look at that, uh, that we work and, and try to value it out. Um, I, I want to stay with the individual stocks because we did have some of these sort of stories, but they're they're you know widely held. Tesla. It, we we have to talk about Tesla. It came out with earnings after the close on Wednesday. The stock is up today, but there was a lot of action in the options market, right? A lot of people weighing in on this. Well, what what was your takeaway from from both the call and and also the price action or the market action you saw today? Right. Um, full disclosure: I'm I'm short Tesla and long. <laughs> I think um, almost everyone knows that, right? Yeah, I, it's <laughs> fine. But, yeah, know, this is a long held position comments, of yours. So. Send them my way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I look. I, the stock's gone up uh, for the last year and a half or year, basically, on a gamma squeeze, and that's um, a situation where there is a very large buyer of short-term out-of-the-money calls, and then they're selling short-term out-of-the-money puts, 
and causing the dealers to have to hedge and buy stock. It brings in the day traders, they follow along with the options, but this gamma squeeze is really something else. And you know, I don't know who's the big $10 million buyer of options every week um, that, you know, who, I don't know, maybe it's someone who has the most to benefit from Tesla going up. It's, it's just crazy. But the, the thing, um, Tesla is, was more like the boring company last night because they, they, they didn't have Elon on the call. And Elon on a conference call is really um, something else because he mumbles, stumbles, gets upset with analysts. He uh, comes out with ideas uh, that I don't even think the board of directors knows about at that time. I think he he invented the insurance product um, on one In conference call. <laughs> yeah, and so it was boring because he wasn't on it. They had their CFO. Um, and several executives. It was a very boring, straightforward call. Um, but the stock is trading at like an absurd valuation. Um, I think the stock in the last two weeks has gone up. Uh, someone said um, one and a half Fords, uh, yeah. which makes you know very little sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know this. The problem is with Tesla is that they do have uh, some negative catalysts coming uh, their way. One is that competition is in the market now, especially in Europe, and a ton of electric vehicles uh, are in China. And you know they're starting to show up in the US, Porsche, Audi, uh, BMW has a, a few. The Ford um, is making a big presence. I like Ford stock a lot. I've talked about it on Real Vision. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I was wondering if there was an alternative you know, to that you were looking at. Volkswagen uh, has electric vehicles. I think Volkswagen trades at six times earnings. Tesla's trading at, you know, 100 plus times earnings. It just makes very little sense. And so you have this competition and we all know that that's all, you know, out there. The, but they're full self-driving, um, mm -hmm. which has been, they've been charging people since 2016. Well, it's coming every three months or six months and they have these beta versions and they just beta, 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 beta. And you see these videos on YouTube and the, oh, it's not going, it's going in the lane. You know, they got to pull it. It's not ready yet, and mm -hmm. it's going to be far from ready. And now you have the FTC uh, with the wrath of Khan, Lena Khan, um, who's a very aggressive antitrust um, advocate as mm -hmm. well. She's going to be a real tough cookie um, when it comes to consumer protection. They're going to look at uh, they're going to look at the marketing for full self driving. I know this because I've spoken with. Um, our Connecticut Senator Blumenthal, um, I spoke to him recently, and um, not that I was, you know, advocating or, you know, I just wanted to hear what he had to say, and I, I've known him. So they're talking to the FTC, and now, like, the safety regulators just brought on a, a person who is a strong, um, well, she, I, and this could, she may not even get the position because she's spoken outwardly against Elon Musk and their full self-driving because it doesn't really work. And mm. so she just came on. If she comes on, I think the full self-driving is going to have a, it, it could get banned. They could outlaw it and it's going to cause chaos for all the Tesla fans and 
probably the stock as well. So I think those are some negative catalysts um, that are out there. And they're opening up factories. Yeah, that could be positive, but let's that's going to test their demand. So if they've got yeah. more output, they better be able to bring in you know the sales. Uh, they can't make excuses. And of course, then there's supply shortages. And I was going to say that's a that's a. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. That's a good list of, of things to be worried about, and we didn't even get to supply yet, which is an issue for everyone when you're talking about, uh, you know, the EV market and batteries and the, and the disruptions and uh, and the cost of materials too. Although some people thought that they handled that well and showed that they were a little bit more competitive, maybe than some of the others in the space on that. Um, I, I I know this is that will be the beginning of what will be a robust conversation with you and the many Tesla uh, bulls and longs out there. So we'll let that take place uh, outside, maybe on the exchange. But um, I I want to uh, you bring Sorry, up something I'm just that even I'm, I'm I have a pair trade. Uh, I'm long Twitter. It's down seven and a half percent, but I'm I'm long Twitter, so I'm basically back to my cost. Um, but Snapchat is my long, as well as Facebook, or excuse me, as a short Facebook and Snapchat. Snapchat is down twenty eight percent. Yay me. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. I get one every once in a while. Yeah, exactly, and we and we got to give it a shout out when it happens. Speaking of all of these tech names. I want to bring our viewers a, a little uh, clip of a conversation Mark Ritchie spoke with Carlos Asilas this week, and he said something very interesting about big cap tech names. I'm not saying he was speaking about these names in particular that you just mentioned, but he said big cap tech is a must hold for investors in the market environment we're in. Have a listen to what he said. If you look at the traditional investor, right, um, it has been followed this paradigm of the 60-40, right? 60% equities or something close to it and 40% bonds. And with rates as low as they are, particularly in, on an inflation-adjusted basis, that model, that model is broken, right? That, that model is broken. It's recipe for disaster. So particularly after, you know, the, you know, the 2019. So, so what that means is that, you know, you one should own a lot more, uh, you know, risk assets, whether it's equities, commodities, reflationary stories, right? There's a lot of liquidity is likely to remain abundant for quite some time. So I think you need um, fixed income replacements, instruments that will replace, you know, the fixed income invest, you know, investments that you you own prior to 2020, right? And I think this mega cap tech names in the U.S. are as good a you know a replacement vehicle to fixed income as, as one can think of. They have very strong balance sheets. Their, their net cash positions is enormous. Their moats are extremely strong um, with offering significant growth opportunities. And so, you know, buying back shares, which, you know, and uh, very, very high margins, there's some regulatory risk, but uh, it's more than priced into the valuation. So I think that's part of the answer in terms of that, you know, the, the change, in, you know, and, you know the, the changes associated with Race being so low. And just a reminder, viewers can hear that entire interview on all tiers of Real Vision. Um, what do you make of that, Tom? Well, I, honestly, it's um, 
if you take those five stocks or the the big mega cap stocks, um, they're paying dividends. They're steady. They're they have they print money. Uh, they're not cheap. He's right. And if you, you've been penalized in this market, if you haven't owned them, I can say that I have not owned them. Uh, I did own them in 2020, uh, but I'm now I'm short a couple of them. Um, Facebook, Apple, uh, but I, I, they're not bad companies. I just think they're over overdone here. But he's right. You you can't buy bonds. I'm I'm short bonds, and people are looking for an alternative to bonds. And you know, the funny thing is, people buy stocks not necessarily for the capital appreciation. They're buying it for the good yield, S&P stocks, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people have been buying bonds for the capital appreciation. They're not buying the 10-year and saying, boy, I'm really thrilled to get, you know, buck and a half or one and a half percent for um, or 1.68 percent right now, uh, almost 169. Uh, I'm like, that's not what they're doing. They're, they're looking at, they've traded bonds uh, successfully uh, as they've appreciated. And now that's starting to turn. So people are looking for alternatives. They've looked for, you know, they've moved to Bitcoin. I mean, Kathy Wood calls Bitcoin a bond alternative. And mm -hmm. maybe she's right. I want to rattle through a couple of things. I'm not going to forget about Bitcoin. Let's put a placeholder there. Um, you just mentioned Snap earnings are out. You just mentioned um, your happy position on that, but that stock is getting slammed. You know, you can't, it's, we talk about big cap tech or big tech or technology in general. It's hard to group it all together. Nathan, uh, is asking for your thoughts on the growth tech sector for the rest of Q4. Um, if you just said you've owned them and you're shorting some of them, I mean, are, 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 do you feel that we're going to pull back? Do you feel like they have room to run? I mean, we, we saw the leadership change and then it kind of came back. It seems like people are split on this. Well, you had yesterday, the big cap tech was down and then today they're up and you've had this flip-flop and you had financials uh, up recently and they were down today and energy down today. So you've had this growth value type flip-flop. Um, look, I think my view is that rates are going higher. I think that will hurt the growthier type names out there in the market. Um, look, we've got earnings coming up with the big boys next week. Um, Apple, Amazon, you know, Microsoft. I, I don't anticipate any, you know, major surprises. Uh, but you could see maybe with Apple, they'll talk a little bit more about supply chain issues, chip shortages. Microsoft will probably put up a pretty good quarter with um, their cloud business doing just fine. Amazon is always a little bit quirky. You, you, you never know how it's going to go. But so big tech, yeah, if, you, if you've owned them for a while, you really have no reason to sell them. If you're looking to buy them right now, I'd probably not do that. Uh, so that's kind of how I, I see it. And you know, look, people don't, people rarely sell at highs, uh, and they only sell. And you see these huge volume moves on the downside because they get afraid. So they start, they sell when things go down. Yeah. Um, and there's really no reason for people to be selling stocks, and that's why you have this light volume on this last bounce. Yeah. So it's just until we see some weakness, um, you know, it's maybe status quo. Yeah, it, it's been it's been hard to hard to turn away, even if you're uh, if you feel like it's getting a little overpriced. Um, Tom, we have uh, Mucher asking, what does DMARC say about Bitcoin 
and Ethereum. Okay, I I was looking at Bitcoin today on um, with the Demar charts, and we recently. I mean, look, it had a sixty-five dollar or sixty-five thousand uh, approximately wave three price objective. Um, so we we achieved that. Uh, we've had. Uh, recently, a new Demarc sequential 13. We haven't, you know, today's pullback, um, you know, sort of qualifies that. I think 57,000 is what I told my people that if that broke, that would probably mean a, a deeper pullback. Uh, look, the, the Bitcoin has just been amazing, mm. uh, and market sentiment, which I track uh, through the Daily Sentiment Index, and it's on our we have charts on our website, had Bitcoin yesterday at 92% bulls. And I think since it's a newer sentiment indicator for us, uh, that's the highest we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, it probably, you know, it, I mean, when you get above 80%, that's the extreme zone. But 92, anything that when it gets above 90, I, I generally could say that you should expect a bit of a pullback. And uh, look, you also have how many Bitcoin... Um, ETFs based on futures are, are coming out. You know, there's I think one tomorrow. Yeah, um, there is. How do you yes. feel about that? Yeah, I, you know, the problem I have is any any type of uh, type of ETF or ETN or that is based off of futures and not the physical has that. You know, you have an expense on that, and there's also um, the difficulty with the futures role. Another thing I saw, uh, Katie Griepel uh, um, uh, from Bloomberg, butchered her name, sorry, Katie. Mm -hmm. She was talking about how the exchange has limits, uh, position limits, and they're coming really close to hitting those position limits per month, how many contracts you can have per month. They're gonna raise it, I believe, but the problem is, They've had such big inflows that they may max out on the near-term month and then have to go out further months to have that exposure. And when you have to go out further out there, that's when the roll you know, could get a little dicey. And if you're so far out, you're going to have a, another issue with liquidity, perhaps, uh, if it goes down. So, I, yeah. you know, look, if you're going to buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin and don't screw around with the ETFs. That's how I look at it. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I was pleased to see a really robust conversation around that immediately as these as these funds hit, because I think ETFs are known to people and might, be, might have been attracted to a lot of people. But it was great to see the the cost conversation right away happening uh, there. You know, we, we've seen I, I want to switch gears just a little bit. We talked you mentioned earlier that uh, Kathy Wood's not really switching gears, but it's a pivot to to talking about bonds a little bit because you talked about Kathy Wood. Uh, mentioning, and she's she's among a group of people who say, "Listen, Bitcoin is an alternative to bonds." So much of what we're seeing with with in the bond market is being dominated by this inflation narrative right now, and we saw that again today. You know, we had uh, 
in the middle of earnings, Unilever, big pro global products company saying that they're going to raise prices by 4%, so pushing along their wholesale costs to consumers. That was, you know, affirmation of some people saying, listen, this isn't going away. We had strong housing data out of the U.S. And you're seeing that rate talk really filter into a rate ex rising rate expectation filter into bonds. We have a chart of the uh, five-year break-even, which measures the difference or the gap between treasury bonds and treasury infl inflation-protected securities, those tips, um, it's really sort of an inflation, future inflation expectation gauge. And, you know, some people were talking about it today saying, listen, look how high that is. That shows that, uh, you know, inflation, maybe this isn't transitory. The market believes it's not transitory. The market pricing in higher interest rates. How is that affecting your trading strategy? Are you also worried about higher rates and and how are you positioning around that? Well, this I mean, if you if viewers can see right on that on that right hand side, it really spiked the last two days and it broke out of this this channel here, this range. And on my DeMarc chart, I just looked um, it's on day three of 13. So it has the potential to continue higher to get to that exhaustion signal of the 13. So look, my big narrative is, yes, we will see higher rates uh, and it's across the board um, happening. The 210 spread was actually a little flatter today and partly just, I mean, the, the two year just went nuts. And, um, you know, I'm just looking at some of my screen right here. So that I think was part of the part of the reason why financials um, backed off. I'd like to be back in financials. Um, I'd like to be back in uh, some energy. I just sold a lot of energy. I'm actually short. Yeah, uh, that was part of your trade, minutes. right? You're shorting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really short. set up very short right now. And even though everybody looks at it and goes, oh, how could you short this market? Well, Snapchat's down 24% or 25% right now. Um, there are there are places to go and find, you know, issues out there that aren't necessarily going up with the market. Mm. And so it's not easy, but this is kind of what I was trained to do uh, when I way back worked at a hedge fund that was generally for the most part net short. Mm. Do you, do you, has the, has the sort of, Forecast for higher rates, has that been fully priced in? I mean, do you expect this to continue, for yields to continue to move higher? And what does that do to asset prices, both here in the U.S.? And we have, we actually have a question coming in about Germany as well, about Bunds. Would you expect, I mean, Germany's still negative. Would you expect that yield movement to follow in Europe as well? Are they just lagging where we're where we are already going? Well, rates are going up across the board everywhere. And if you look at Boone's, um, it's been even more straight up uh, in a very steady pattern, um, more so than the U.S. Um, uh, bond market um, um, yields. So, look, rates are going to go higher. You have inflation, and it's it's worldwide. And I'm I, I've actually been a little bit on the transitory side, and then I see the structural side. So I'm not like everything is going to keep going up. Um, you will see things moderate. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of businesses out there that are going to pass it on to the consumer. Uh, that's happening. I mean, Procter and Gamble, I mean, they, they're raising prices and 
they're saying, look, we're raising our guidance for the year uh, as well. They, they reported the other day, and I thought their report was uh, much better than how the market took it. But Unilever, um, others out there, um, they're going to do it. I, I One of my trades, um, and this is kind of a theme I've been working on, I've been short some, some restaurants um, because of the food, uh, food inflation. I mean, um, so tough for them. I mean, they have and, to and labor costs shut down, I mean, and then they're, yeah, they're getting hit on every front, really. Yeah, it's it's terrible. But I also think that retailers are going to have a difficult time into the holidays. It can be, you know, look, the supply chain thing, it it, it goes around, and at the bottom is the consumer. Mm. Right next to the consumer is that retailer who's who had to go through all, you know, the, the full chain, um, and they may not have enough product on their shelves and they're going to have a tough time with labor costs. So I think that there's going to be a lot of retailers out there struggling. And I don't think the market's necessarily going to give them a pass. And the market gives, this has been a, a, a market in the last two years with COVID and, you know, the trade war and, you know, supply chain and whatever they've given the market a pass on all mm. these things but this these excuses and yes they're valid and that's it but look my 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 thought is rates are going to go higher the treasury's got to issue a ton of debt to pay for all this good times we've just had and they haven't really raised a lot of debt in the last 9 months because they've just been rolling over short term and and um uh, debt that it's just it's just been a rule. So now they're going to just you know, the debt ceilings raised, so they're going to go nuts, and we'll see how well the uh, the auctions are. And you still have foreign buyers. Japan's been buying, but it's they sold a lot, and they're not quite back with mm. uh, the tick data, which is the uh, inflows from foreign countries. It did not show uh, them buying a lot of debt, but. Look, would you rather have a 1.7 uh, 10 year in the U.S. or something negative in in Europe? I mean, the, it's it's pretty obvious. People yeah. will find a level to where to where they say, yes, I will I will buy the buy this. And you know, I I think that we could see well over two percent on both the 10 and 30 year, maybe two and a half. I mean, I'm not going to go too far out, but Maybe even three percent on the ten-year um, down the exactly. road, and what does that, that mean for hurt tech and hurt equities? And um, you know, then again, the market forgives everything or ignores things. So maybe they'll say, "Well, it's not that bad." Um, <laughs> it's it's also the risk is also the rate of change, and if the rate of change just starts to go a little too fast, you're going to catch people very off guard. And I think that was a spooky thing that we had recently. That's, I think the, the worry, you know, if this is, if this is gradual, then it can, it can be priced in and adjusted to if it's fast um, and catches people off. That's what, that's what's dangerous. Tom, we are out of time. It is so good to have you back. We are thrilled. The website is up and running um, and, and now you have no excuse. We will, we will have you in our midst uh, a little bit. All right, Maggie. Now. <laughs> Thank you so well, thanks much. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks to all the Real Vision subscribers. Um, it was real fun meeting a lot of them at the recent Real Vision um, 
gathering the party in New York City. That was really cool. And um, great. And we will. Yeah, and absolutely. And we will keep everyone posted on on when uh, the next live event is happening and how you can participate. Um, Thanks for being with us. Uh, Tomorrow, I sit down with Jim Bianco, another regular uh, on the daily briefing. We look forward to that. In the meantime, yeah, can't wait to hear what he says. In the meantime, thanks so much to all of you. Take good care and good luck out there. We'll see you soon. The conversation continues on The Exchange. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.